Greetings everyone and uh, welcome to this session with Gaia House. Just checking that you can hear me. Yeah, sounds coming through clear, great. Yeah. So, a warm welcome to you wherever you are. Lots of uh, good mornings in there in the chat but uh, might not be morning for all of us <laughs> so good morning even if it's not your morning and uh, yeah, really warm warm greetings lovely as always to to be here and uh, to see so many of us gathering together and joining together to be here So as we collect and gather both as a group, as a community and uh, for each of us within ourselves, right? We're doing two things at the same time, <laughs> multitasking. We're gathering individually, yeah? gathering ourselves to be here, to settle into this uh, moment, into this opportunity for practice, we're also gathering as a community, gathering together as a community. So as we do that, we can um, take some time to feel into our intention. Yeah, what's my intention for uh, this period of practice? What is it that I'd like to connect to? to be supported by, and also what is it that I'd like to support yeah. in the world. So intention has this beautiful multiplicity of aspects. What is it that I'd like to connect to in myself that would be supporting and nourishing? And also what is it that I'd like to support? What is it that I wish to support? myself and in the world. And so taking time to feel into that and then um, if you wish also sharing that with others. So invitation to, to put your intention into the chat so that we can all uh, benefit from it and we can all resonate with it. And if you'd rather say it, speak it, then you're also welcome to do that. So, yeah, some of the intentions, presence, to concentrate and settle my mind, to support a sense of unity, peace and wisdom, peace, love and joy. Yeah, rest and regeneration, hope, finding the heart connection, courage and compassion, and connection and peace, love for myself and others, welcoming the present moment, Letting the present be enough. 
interconnection and wisdom. So we can feel the resonance of the intention that arose within each of us and also the resonance of um, the intentions of others healing. Mm. Maybe we can already feel ourselves being uh, nourished, being supported by that beautiful network of intentions that's present, that's um, kind of weaving us all together into this beautiful uh, web of conscious, uh, a conscious meeting of our experience, presence that is conscious, that is aware, and that has that wish to align with what is beneficial, what is wholesome in ourselves and in the world. So let's feel that support of those intentions and come into our practice together. Connection to our loving hearts. We have another one there. So yeah, taking your seat. If you're not already taking it. Finding your uh, posture for this period of practice. And so as you do that, feeling into the body, the heart and the mind, and inviting yourself to choose to select the most appropriate posture how the body is right now and how the heart and mind are right now. And then settling into that posture. Taking time to Make any adjustments that are needed in the posture so that the body is as supported, stable, steady and balanced as possible. As you do this, just aware that already inviting the awareness into the body, the awareness flowing into the body. And also attuning to this intention of kindness, of care.
as you're bringing attention and awareness into the body. And inviting the awareness more deeply, more fully into the body. Gathering and collecting. The attention and the awareness in the body with the body. can be helpful to use the sensations of contact between the body and the seat. The body and the ground. Feeling that contact between the body and that which supports the body. Inviting the awareness to collect and to gather. Into that contact and with that contact. And then gradually, from that rootedness in the contact, opening and expanding awareness through the body. So 
Sometimes it can be helpful to have this image of the awareness expanding, growing from the sensations of contact out and through the body. Awareness spreading through the whole body, filling up the whole space of the body. sense of the whole body sitting here, present here. An awareness filling up the whole space of the body. So awareness wide and open in the whole body. And that awareness tuned in to a frequency of kindness and friendliness as you meet your experience, as you're aware of your experience in this moment, whatever is present. You may be meeting sadness or joy, tiredness or energy. Might be fear and uncertainty, there might be compassion, ever your meeting, keeping the awareness wide and holding that in kindness, meeting that without a sense of enmity, of rejection. Your intention that you felt at the beginning of the session can be really helpful and supportive here. 
meeting your experience with that intentionality for peace, for healing, for connection, for collectedness, and all of that in an atmosphere of kindness, emphasizing a practice as an act, an embodiment, a gesture of kindness. In the world, in yourself, towards the world, towards yourself. So let's take a little time to explore this in silence in your own way.
Gently opening to notice what's alive in your experience right now. Opening to the body and to awareness. Wide and open, expanded through the whole body. If needed, if helpful, grounding in the contact sensations. And also feeling that openness of awareness filling up, spread through the whole body and attuned to an intention of kindness, of friendship, of care. Seeing if it's possible and useful, helpful right now. As the awareness is wide in the body and as you meet the experience that's arising in this moment through the body, through the heart and mind, to open to the transiency. in constancy of this body, heart and mind and also to its fragility and vulnerability. It's gently opening, remembering that kindness and care and how you meet that experience. Acknowledging the vulnerability of the body, the vulnerability of the heart and the mind and holding that in care and kindness and compassion. If it's helpful, you can use phrases to support that intention of care and kindness and compassion to support the holding of yourself of this body heart mind constellation Seeing if the phrases support holding yourself in tenderness and compassion and care. And if the phrases support that, then using them. If they don't, then letting them go. Sometimes the compassionate and kind thing to do is to actually Come back to something grounding, like the breath or the body sensations. So, just listening and tuning to your experience and kindness.
May I be safe. May I be well. May I find support in the midst of it all. May I be safe. May I be well. May I find support in the midst of it all. May I be safe. May I be well. May I find support in the midst of it all.
Now opening to the experience with kindness, with compassion, holding it in tenderness. Keeping the awareness wide, open and soft. Bathing the being in compassion and tenderness. In goodwill and kindness. Ever the experience. Holding it in tenderness. Bathing it in kindness. May I be safe and well. May I find support in the midst of it all. Letting yourself be bathed in kindness, bathed and held in compassion. Inviting the awareness to open and to grow and conclude the others here in the Dharma Hall with us. Knowing that they too know joys and sorrows and opening that intention of kindness, of compassion and care to include them too. May you be safe and well. May you be supported. and find peace in the midst of it all. Opening to all those here in the Dharma Hall and also around you in your immediate vicinity. 
perhaps in your home or in the surroundings. Opening to that shared vulnerability and fragility of all living beings. Those you can hear right now or know that are nearby. Wishing for them to, to be safe, to be well, to find support in the midst of difficulty and challenge. Feeling that intention and that wish flow through you, fill up your whole being and radiate out into the world to include all beings in all directions. May all beings be safe. May all beings be well. May all beings find support in the midst of it all. May we all find ease. May we all find ease. So taking your time with the transition, there's no rush to change position or to open the eyes, it's taking your time. Before offering some reflections uh, on the theme I wanted to speak of today, uh, just a few words about dana practice. And uh, I was just reflecting earlier that um, I want to give a, a show a very beautiful, to me, a very beautiful story about dana, about this practice of generosity of giving and its power. Um, 
So I'm a, I get regular uh, updates from Greenpeace. Um, and the beginning of the crisis in Ukraine, I got an email uh, from Greenpeace addressing what was going on in Ukraine. And it um, offered uh, some suggestions about where to send donations yeah, to support um, the Ukrainian people. And it also uh, offered a link to a website that was uh, created by several uh, climate emergency organizations um, to um, collate information about uh, things you could do yeah, around the Ukrainian crisis. And uh, it, was, it was so beautifully done and beautifully presented. And, and for me, I wanted to share that because what it really highlighted for me was a few things to do with dana and, and generosity. One was that um, their understandings, in this case Greenpeace was writing to me, their understanding of the human experience was that people to whom they write are distressed about what's going on in Ukraine and want to do something, yeah? So that's, you know, they, they kind of, uh, their way of seeing their supporters is as generous people, yeah? And, and I thought that was just really uh, generous, compassionate people, just really beautiful, really moving, um, and really uh, wise. <laughs> And just such a beautiful, and we sometimes don't see that. We just think, oh, another email from Greenpeace, yeah. And yeah, of course, they're asking me for money. <laughs> they're not, yeah. They're kind of saying, ah, oh, here's, yeah, we see you as a compassionate, generous, wise person. And here's some things, you, you know, here's some, some, an offering to you, yeah. Um, so that was one really beautiful thing. The other really moving thing for me was this seeing so clearly that when you cultivate compassion and generosity that is a resource for you in times of distress yeah so all these climate organizations working you know around a specific yeah subject a climate emergency um then being able to shift yeah to take their skills to take their strength and shift it to what was arising yeah. And then they very beautifully said, and now we're going back to our work, <laughs> which is focusing on what we do. Yeah, but we wanted to put this out there as a support for you. So it's so wise, so beautiful. And I, I just really wanted to, to share that story as a little bit of a, um, a teaching yeah, about the power of dana, of generosity, yeah, which is very much married with compassion. When we do that, it actually resources us. When we develop that skill, when we develop that quality in us, it becomes a resource um, because it kind of pulls us out of despair into agency. Yeah, and Here's that possibility and it uh, pulls us out of a sense of isolation into a sense of connection. Yeah, Some, some of the intentions were about connection. Yeah, here's something we can do, yeah, rather than feeling um, helpless. Yeah, so I hope this is coming across as a as a as a worthwhile teaching on on dana, on generosity, on giving, um, as such a um, practice that we do for ourselves and we do for each other. It really blurs those lines, and so in the context of this session today. Um, 
before I continue to dive into the the theme of the talk today, um, is uh, you know these sessions are offered in that spirit. They're offered in the spirit of giving. Yeah, there's no. Um, you don't need to buy a ticket <laughs> to, to come into these sessions, right? You just turn up. Uh, and that's the spirit of dana. Yeah, that's the spirit of generosity. And it's something that we all make possible, yeah, by showing up. Uh, it's something that Guy House makes possible. And it's something that teachers like myself make possible. So always in Dharma sessions, there's the invitation to contribute to that, to participate in that. So I'm going to put two links into the chat. One is the link to the Guy House support page if you wish to offer support to Guy House. The other is um, a link to the Help Refugees Ukraine campaign. If you offer, if you wish to offer Dana to me, please offer it to them on my behalf. Um, so I've just put those two links into the chat and. Um, if you wish to practice dana in this particular form, there's many forms to practice it, um, then uh, then please do. That's up to you. And whatever you offer to either one of those avenues is, is really welcome. And I love the way help refugees call themselves choose love. I don't know if you've looked at the link, but that's... that's um, if you if you um, if you have a regular donation to them, which I do, your e- the emails from them come in. <laughs> say, Choose love again. Such a beautiful, skillful uh, way of kind of pointing to what is it that we're actually doing? Helping refugees? Not exactly. We're choosing love. Yeah, we're choosing um, kindness. We're choosing compassion. We're choosing wisdom in ourselves and in the world when when we support that. So I'll I'll flow on from that into the into some Dharma reflections for today and um, uh, hopefully the 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 reflections aren't going to be that long um, twenty minutes I think to half an hour we'll see what happens never quite know what's going to come out of my mouth despite preparing and making notes uh, and then we'll have some time for questions at the end. So um, I wanted to speak more about the um, about wise intentions and wholesome intentions and practices such as generosity, dana, uh, compassion, uh, metta, which I'll I'll say what metta is in a moment, um, and how uh, these are a support for ourselves, how they're a support uh, for the world. Yeah. And we keep making that distinction, even though it's not real, <laughs> between myself and the world. Yeah, we're not really separate from the world, but it's the way we tend to see our experience. So it can be helpful to touch on, you know, to, to kind of um, respect that way of seeing. And so um, I mentioned generosity, the dana, the Pali word, which means giving. Um, I mentioned compassion, these are words we're familiar with, also mentioned metta, um, which is this quality of kindness and of care that we were touching on in the guided meditation just now, um, most closely uh, translated as unconditional friendliness or goodwill, yeah? willing good, <laughs> wishing good for, for others, for ourselves, for the world. Um, and hopefully we could get a taste of it in the meditation today or we know that from other situations in our world when 
that is the container or the atmosphere. Yeah, the container for how we meet experience or the atmosphere through which we meet our experience. Yeah. The kind of um, atmosphere of, we can say, safety, of acceptance, of wishing well, uh, of support. And I think we can start to see why friendliness can be a really good um, translation for metta because it's what we feel uh, when we're with a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. So we can all reflect on that sense of our being with someone who's a good friend. What does that feel like yeah, when they're really listening to us and they're really interested in us? Yeah, when they accept us and they allow us yeah, to be in our ups and downs. Often, for many of us, it's easier to see this with our friends uh, in the non human world. <laughs> we get that sense more strongly yeah so you know it might be a tree yeah or it might be you know a dog or a cat or a bird or you know a non-human we really feel that kind of sense of ah your you know through your good moods and your bad moods yeah your beautiful sides and your less beautiful sides you're met in that same sense of an atmosphere of safety, of support, yeah, of allowing and accepting. And we can reflect on what, you know, what opens up for us when that atmosphere is there. Yeah. Both what is it like when I'm received in that way and what is it like to offer that to, to another. Yeah. So when that container is there to meet our experience, you know, with, uh, and, and I'm going to kind of speak a lot about meta, but it's, the same, you know, you can say the same flavors with compassion or with a sense of generosity. Yeah, that's there, someone really giving us their attention or we are really giving our attention to another. It really gives us the possibility, yeah, the courage to open to our experience, to open to what is there. Yeah. It might be that what's there is fear or confusion or despair. Yeah might be that what's there is anger or frustration or outrage yeah might be that what is there is a lot of energy we don't really know what to do with it <laughs> yeah. yeah so there may be kind of a, a whole range of experiences that we that we meet and the atmosphere of meta particularly supports us to open and to open to those that we tend to to kind of shut down from even more yeah, what we fear or what we don't understand, yeah, what we don't know. So it gives us the possibility and courage to open to what is here and it also gives us the possibility and courage to respond. Yeah, but we need to open and we need to recognise what's there in us for there to be the capacity to respond to it. Does that make sense to people? Give me some nods or some shakes of the head. Yeah. Okay. And so in, in the teachings and also in our own reflections, it's you know really worth kind of um, spending time with this and with understanding of kind of how important the way that we meet our experience is and how it unfolds. Yeah. And how important these qualities of you know compassion of 
tenderness, of kindness, of care. And they don't have to be sugary. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we think, oh, you know, we talk about metta, we talk about kindness, and we get this kind of sweet, you know. It's sugary, it's like uh, people say it's Pollyanna-ish. <laughs> if you know Pollyanna, uh, some of us do. Yeah, a sense of like kind of sugarcoating our experience um, and pretending it's all pink and uh, and sugar dusted um, and and you know so we can see ah you know that's it doesn't have to be like that it can just have that sense of um, meeting without rejection yeah that's also a form of meta and a form of compassion just to meet something without rejection without pushing it away without closing down, yeah? without uh, having this really strong agenda that we tend to have as human beings, you know, the agenda to get rid of the fear, of the confusion, of the despair, you know, whatever is there that kind of is unsettling for us. And so there's, uh, you know, a lot in the teachings around this and about how these qualities are not only helpful for us to um, kind of have the courage and have the sense of support in order to open to what's there, but also they're helpful to support us in, in responding, yeah. responding uh, to fear, uh, responding to despair, responding to outrage and anger. So there's a beautiful, uh, I think I've told this in the Dharma Hall already, but the, the kind of one of the, the myths of how the Buddha started teaching metta practice in particular uh, was as an antidote to fear. Uh, so there was a group of, of practitioners that were sent off to, to practice in, in the forest and um, that forest was already inhabited. There were already other beings there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great story about us humans, what we see and what we don't see. You know, they came in and they thought, ah, oh, this is an empty forest. Yeah. Sounds a bit colonial. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't empty. There were spirits living in that forest. Yeah, but the humans didn't notice them, didn't take them into account. Um, and when the spirits realized these humans are here to stay, they're planning to hang out for quite some time doing their practice they didn't really feel like sharing um, their forest with these practitioners so they did everything they could to make it unpleasant so uh, the, the myth goes you know they made very scary and unpleasant sounds and they created unpleasant smells um, and it wasn't it was not a good place for practice yeah it's not a good place for practice um and so the the practitioners kind of basically ran back to the Buddha, <laughs> like little children who run back to the parent and say, it's not working, can you change this for me? You know, and they said, no, that forest is no good. Can you give us a different forest to practice in? <laughs> because it doesn't have the right conditions. Yeah, There's scary noises and bad smells. And the Buddha said, no, I'm not going to give you a different, a different forest, yeah? but I'm going to give you a practice that's going to help you. And he taught the metta practice. That's the myth. Uh, he taught the metta practice and, then they were so, and sent them back to that forest. And they had such a motivation um, to practice metta that they practiced the whole way back um, 
which of course took some time because they're on foot, uh, that by the time they reached the forest, they were radiating metta, they were radiating this goodwill and this friendliness. And so the myth goes that then not only did the spirits uh, stop harassing them, uh, but they undertook to care for them and to support them in the retreat for the three months that they were going to be there. So they supplied them with food and everything they needed so that they could devote themselves to the practice. So that's the story. But I think like we can take so much um, from that. Yeah, we take so much from that. You know, the sense of ah, this natural, um, you know, when we feel fear, what happens to us? Yeah, when we feel fear, what happens to us? We tend to shut down and close down. Yeah, we tend to build up barriers if we think, you know, fear is at the root of so much of the aggression in our world, right? And depending on conditions and situations, the barriers that we will build um, and the aggression will be, you know, uh, more extreme or, or kind of more uh, under, kind of, uh, you know, can be very extreme but less violent, let's say, yeah. So um, that understanding that when we practice this attitude of kindness of com- and, and with it the compassion, um, the, the generosity of seeing the other, yeah, without enmity, yeah, I hope you can see how they all weave together, that's a form of generosity. Yeah, can change our own experience, but also can then change how we are in the world. Yeah, we're meeting the fear in a way that can hold the fear. Yeah, and you know, I can hear the question. If it's not already in your mind, it's probably in somebody else's mind. <laughs> of like, doesn't fear sometimes serve a purpose? Of course it does. Yeah. So you know, really important to remember. It doesn't take away our capacity to also respond in other ways. So we change the internal atmosphere. Yeah. But we also can, uh, sometimes that actually supports us because it gives us more stability, more clarity of seeing to then respond in ways that um, might be um, helpful yeah, with the object of fear. Yeah. So fear has many manifestations, right? It can be just internal, it's just a triggered response that we have towards something, yeah. And it can be, um, you know, something that needs addressing in the world. And maybe, yeah, I told you, I I, I didn't know how I was going to take this. Here's an example, which I think will be relevant uh, from, from my life, yeah, about this practice of metta and fear. So um, I think a lot of you are aware I grew up in Israel, yeah. And I grew up in Jerusalem, particularly troubled part of the world, yeah, with a long history of of trouble and of fear um, and of separation. And um, a few years ago, I can't remember how, how many years ago this was, um, maybe, I don't know, something between five and ten years ago, I was in Jerusalem and I was on the tram. Um, in Jerusalem and uh, I was standing up it was quite crowded and I noticed in my own mind yeah and we need a degree of meta in the mind to notice this I noticed that I was looking around and any youngish man yeah with dark colored skin yeah wearing 
um, either a coat or a bag, yeah, my response was fear. Yeah, there was fear. Yeah, I, just, I was just observing, I was practicing on the tram and I could see this, yeah, in, in me. Ah, oh, there's fear. There's fear, yeah. Why is there fear? Yeah. His, you know, personal history as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, yeah, being exposed to violence. Yeah. Um, and then that being learnt. Yeah. Now here's the meta practice coming in and the compassion and the generosity and the wisdom of knowing what's going on in me now, that sparking of the fear, yeah, isn't, um, right now it's not serving any purpose. Yeah. It's not serving any purpose. It's not protecting me in any way. Yeah. It's just creating actually more of the same. Right? And this is something, as human beings, we can sense that. Yeah, we can feel. If someone's afraid of us, we can feel that. Yeah? Not serving any purpose. Yeah? This is conditioning. Yeah? It's conditioning. It's a learnt behavior, behavioral pattern of fear. It's got its causes, yeah? but it's not relevant here. And so working with that... Yeah? And it needed, first of all, a lot of metta internally to transform that fear. Yeah? To, so that internally I can create a space of safety. Yeah. And then the metta outside. Yeah? To those particular uh, people and also to everyone else in that carriage, which I was pretty confident, <laughs> aware or not aware, were in that same loop. Yeah? in that same loop. So that's the practice in the moment, but that's not the entirety of the practice. Uh, this is what I'm trying to say here. This is where we practice with our own experience to change it in here, and it has an impact around us. Yeah? If you've ever been around somebody, Buddhist practitioners or not, who had access to metta and embodied it, you know what I mean. Yeah, we can feel it. Yeah? So that's one aspect. The other aspect is the renewed commitment yeah to transform yeah the causes of that fear in the world yeah so to transform them in me one really important aspect because in that moment when i'm fearful i'm feeding yeah actually the causes of my own fear does that make sense that sense of separation being afraid of somebody who's just a random human being <laughs> yeah you know, seeing them as a, as a suicide bomber, that's what was going on in my, that's what I'm seeing them as, yeah. That's creating that which I am afraid of, yeah? that's creating it in the world. When I, when, I, when I kind of give in to that, when I don't respond to that, that's one aspect. The other is to change the external conditions as well, yeah. So there's the internal and there's the external and that commitment, seeing it in myself, the commitment to work with Internally, so this doesn't feed, this particular body, heart, mind doesn't feed these conditions anymore in the world and changing them in the world. What are the, what are the conditions that lead um, people to that behavior? Uh, what are the inequalities and injustice in this particular society that I'm still part of even though I no longer live in Israel? <laughs> yeah, And that exists in other places, of course, as well. Yeah. So does that make sense as an example when we see that yeah internal and external both yeah and the capacity to respond always something we can do 
It's always something we can do. So metta, compassion, goodwill, you know, wisdom, all these wholesome qualities that come through the practice are a real uh, support for us in working with fear, um, in working with confusion, working with helplessness, yeah? All the things that come up in us when we see, yeah, like we are in this current time, yeah, when we see um, the, the, uh, the pain of the world, yeah, when we meet the pain in the world, when suddenly, um, you know, for whatever reason, this is what's in our news. Yeah. I like to remind us sometimes what's happening in Ukraine now and not taking away how terrible it is. It's terrible and it needs our attention. Yeah. But even before war broke out in Ukraine, there's equally terrible things happening yeah? in Afghanistan, in Syria, yeah? in Tibet. You know, this you know it's here it's it's part of the human condition and we need to pay attention yeah we need to pay attention so we may be facing confusion and helplessness yeah and then we bring in the meta the compassion yeah to that and we remember the power of friendship yeah i was listening to a, an interview with um uh, someone who's a, a leader of the White Helmets in Syria yesterday. Everyone know the White Helmets? They're the humanitarian uh, organization in Syria, Syrian organization, grassroots organization, and um, targeted by um, the government there. And um, and this interview was taking pla- taking place, you know, and that with with what's happening in Ukraine in the background, and. The interviewer, the the journalist, was asking um, this this uh, this man who had spoken so beautifully, uh, was asking, "What can we do? You know, what's happening in Syria is receding, yeah, from our awareness more and more. You know, we're not a few years ago it was front and center, and now still going on, but not covered in the news. Therefore, we're not so aware. Uh, and what can we do yeah, as you know?" human beings, in this case, living in Britain. What can we do? Yeah. And and um, this man, I didn't catch his name, I only listened to part of the interview. He said, remember us. Think of us. Yeah. Hold us in your heart. Yeah. That's what we need. That's what we need. And I think, you know, again, we, we tend to uh, forget, yeah, just how important that is for us as human beings. Yeah, so we feel confused, we feel helpless, we feel despair. Yeah. And we don't ask, what do you need? <laughs> and here is the opportunity, what is it that you need? And it can seem so little. Yeah, what we want of you is to remember, yeah, Remember us and think of us. And that kind of just holding each other in our hearts. He didn't say give money. (laughs) He didn't say write to your government. It was very moving, very potent. Of course, we can also do that. But just that remembering. And that power of friendship, that power of giving our attention, our remembering to something and to someone. 
Yeah, so meaningful. I think again, we know that in our own lives, and yet it's something we forget again and again. If you know you've had a family member or a, or a friend that's gone through um, loss or grief, yeah, or some difficult situation, what is it that they want? <laughs> more than anything, right? They want us to just be there for them, not to fix, not to take away necessarily, but the primary thing is to be there, to see, to hear, to listen, to give our attention. And I, again, I, I know this I meet this so many times um, in in our work that we do in Palestine and bringing Israelis to Palestine. And most Israelis that come are so full of guilt and shame. And they, you know, sometimes it's said, you know, say, why would they, why would the Palestinians want to talk to us? Yeah. Why are they opening their homes to us? How can they bear having us here? <laughs> yeah. Because we're responsible for their situation. Why do they even want to talk to us if we're not able to to affect change? To give them human rights if if we're not able to do that. And the Palestinians, again and again, what they're saying is, what we want you to do is to be with us. What we want you to do is to be with us. And one of my good friends, he says, I meet with Israelis... Because I want my children to know that not all Israelis are soldiers and not all Israelis are settlers. I meet with Israelis because I want my children to know from their own experience that Israelis are humans. And so again, we we forget that. And what happens when we remember? What happens when we remember? So the kind of the practice really supports us in this. And it also supports us to free up our energies, as I, I said early on, uh, to take our outrage, to take our anger, to take our sense of uh, this is wrong, yeah, injustice, to take that and to channel it into action. Yeah? And, to, and that action can simply mean not building more enmity, not building more hatred, not building more separation, yeah, to channel that into the good. And this is really possible for us. Yeah, it's really possible. And it's so important that we remember ourselves, yeah, with metta, with compassion, with wisdom, that we remember ourselves as part of the goodness uh, in the world. And I'm just going to uh, close with a... That's one of my favorite quotes at the moment. It's from Vandana Shiva. Um, also, I think from a recent interview with her, certainly I, I uh, came across it recently. Vandana Shiva, for those who don't know her, is a physicist and an eco-feminist, environmental activist for decades, um, both in India, where she lives, and globally. Um, and... Uh, she was asked in this interview, uh, she was asked, how do you not burn out? <laughs> yeah, So many years of, of activism, and how do you not burn out? Yeah, How do you not lose heart? And here's her practice. <laughs> and so she said in response, she said, 
because I make the effort again and again to see myself as part of this beautiful universe. Yeah. To see myself again and again as part of this beautiful universe. And the beautiful universe cannot burn out. <laughs> yeah. The beautiful universe cannot burn out. So I take the time and I make the effort to see myself again and again as part of this beautiful universe, not separate from that which I love, not separate from that which I'm serving. Yeah. I'm in service of this beautiful universe and I'm part of it. So that beauty I serve is also in me. Yeah. And that becomes a source of um, rejuvenation. So we can see that yeah, as the compassion, as the metta, the goodwill, the friendliness, as the generosity. Yeah. And um, as that wisdom that can see. I'm a part of something so much larger. Um, what I personally like to call that movement of goodness uh, in the world uh, that we're all part of. Uh, and we can proudly and joyfully uh, take our place within. So let's just take a few breaths with that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.